Yeah, that sense of fullness, Ken, that you're talking about, of, of feeling like your vacation has restored you, you feel full, you're ready to go back. Um, that is, for me, the hallmark of a good vacation. The, it's, it's served as restorative properties or purposes um, in my life. Welcome to the Resilient Faith at Work podcast, where you will find and apply God's wisdom to your work. I'm Dr. Chip Roper, and I'm joined by Ken Kennard and Sarah Evers. We aim to inspire, challenge, and equip you to follow Jesus in the vocational dimension of your life. As we begin this episode, I want to thank our generous donors who make this podcast possible. We are grateful for your support. Voca funders sign up to change lives by changing work. And if you like this content and want to partner with us to reach more workers, invest in Voca. Just go to vocacenter.org give and join us today. We're talking, about, we're going to play around with the question today. Um, what does your vacation tell you about your job? What is your vacation telling you about your job? Maybe you have the post-vacation blues as you come back to work. Maybe not, but that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to tease out today with you. And um, this is going to be on both our Resilient Faith at Work podcast and our Career Navigator podcast. So Resilient Faith at Work, that's God's wisdom for the dilemmas you face in your work. And the Career Navigator is specifically for those of us who are struggling with the dilemma of, you know, what work am I called to do? And so it, we think this is relevant to both. So Ken and Sarah, we all just came off of vacations. Uh, this, we're, we're recording this here uh, is September 1st, uh, the day of this recording. So uh, tell us a little bit about what your vacations were. Oh my goodness. Well, my vacation was fabulous. We decided to go to a lake and we decided that the last time we went just as our family, me, my wife, my four kids, this time we, we wanted to show the lake experience to our beach loving friends. So we invited two other families who only go to the beach. And every time we've, we've, we've brought up this topic and said, Hey, would you like to go to the the a vacation together, they said, yes, what beach would you like to go to? And we've said, is that the only vacation you... So every time we go on a vacation with these people, it's always the beach. And finally, I was like, "Put, I'm putting my foot down on this, guys. Like, you can afford one vacation. Just try it once at the lake, please. And if you hate it, we'll never go again. But if you like it, you've just made a new friend. And they completely loved it. I mean, it was just relaxing. We were on the water. We could just go swimming or go on a kayak or go on a um, paddleboard. We rented a boat and pulled around an inner tube. And if none of that appealed, there was a pickleball court. When was the last time you went to vacation and had a pickleball court in the backyard? I mean, never. That is so cool. cool. And my, my boys are really into pickleball. One of them in particular is just so competitive. So he got these, he got everybody out there on the pickleball court and had a pickleball tournament hmm. during the vacation. He was in heaven. Um, <laughs> and, and you know what I noticed as I was on vacation, I sat in the sofa day four of seven days and I said to myself, what are you doing? And I realized I was doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> and I was totally okay with it. I didn't bring any work. I didn't bring a book to read. I didn't bring any, I was just gonna sit and veg and be okay. Now I did bring my drone, which my wife says is a work tool, but I would claim 
it can be used for very personal enjoyment. We have this debate. I, that's the one work tool I brought. Uh, loved it. Flew all over the place. But it was very relaxing. I didn't really do anything, Rally, except for just play. That's all I did for seven days. How about you, Sarah? Well, we went to the beach. We are beach people. I, I will say I had my first highly positive lake experience this summer on another trip, tacked on to another trip. And it was everything you lake-loving people have ever said vacation on a lake could be. I you have lots of negative lake experiences that are, you know, you're trying to counterbalance there? I wouldn't say lots of negative lake experiences. I think I just never knew how great a lake vacation could be. Um, and these, these friends who live near a lake and had a boat at the lake, uh, you know, gave my daughter and I this most incredible experience when we were, we were traveling together. So my, my daughter and I went on a little trip together and that was fantastic. So the lake excursion. life was fantastic. It was a little excursion. You're right. Uh, but my whole family, my husband and my daughter and I went to the beach. Um, we just got back about a week or so ago and it was, uh, everything we needed. We brought our dog with us. And I took the dog for walks on the beach um, in the morning because dogs were allowed on the beach before nine. And then we took walks as a whole family with the dog after 6 p.m. when dogs were allowed back on the beach. And she had just come back from finishing school where they finished the job of training her that we did not finish well. <laughs> so she was listening so nicely and obeying. And we had these just wonderful walks with playing uh, fetch with the dog and jumping in the waves together and the dog deciding if she liked the water or not. And go gorgeous sunsets, uh, quiet mornings, coffee out on the deck. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. I brought my laptop, but I kept it in the case um, and didn't open it up. Um, you know, we ate good food and um, had some real special moments as a family. The power went out one night um, in a storm and we lit candles and played board games by candlelight. I, you know, it was just those, those lifelong memories were made during that week of just unplugging and connecting with each other. Awesome. We like the beach and the lake. Just to be the peacemaker <laughs> between you two. Um, but our kids are more lake. They like lake and we did lake this year too. We rented a house on a lake. Um, so our kids are all in their 20s, um, so they're, they've got busy lives, and so getting everybody together in the same place for any length of time is semi-miraculous, and um, we were together for eight or nine days this year. It was really mm -hmm. great, and a um, couple of highlights. We did the Roper Olympics. It's a new, uh, a new innovation where we had divided up into two teams of four and had various competitions, um, darts, Trivial Pursuit, Texas Hold'em Poker, um, Can Jam. Nice. Uh, ring, the ring toss thing, uh, Tiki ring toss. So we had five events. So, And it was a good vacation because my team won. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just better. Uh, the fishing was really good, too. We we'd like to fish. Our, our other girls like to fish. And um, my son-in-law always goes after quantity. He just puts like worms or bread or whatever. Like he just, he's like pulling fish out all the time, wherever we go. So he usually catches, he's always catching the first fish, always catching the most fish. And, uh, but we caught some big fish this year too. And um, so that was really fun. 
And you know, in terms of work, you guys are talking about you're shaming me a little bit because I did work um, mm. a little bit. I um, when I go away, I I found that I actually feel more relaxed if I keep my inbox um, mm. empty, and I don't I don't like autoresponders, and I'd rather just. I'll even tell people, hey, I'm on vacation. I'll get to that in another week or two. But I just would rather just get it sort of out there and done. And I did have a little bit of, I think I had a proposal I had to get out. So um, so I did have a little work that I did, but not too much. And um, in a different setting, it's so, it was, it was peaceful. It wasn't stressful work. Uh, and I don't, I don't know. I just have found that it's been harder in the last five, six years to not do any work on vacation. So... Um, but you can judge me, as, as I can tell you are, Ken. As you can see, it. no, no, I, I'm not. I'm not, uh, not actually I, judging you. You know I'm what I'm just, thinking, Chip? <laughs> I'm thinking that you're really good at something that I struggle with, which is mode switching. You're good oh, at switching. You're good at switching into different modes, and for a small amount of time, you can jump into that mode and get in and get out, and you're totally fine, and you yeah. move on to the next thing. And for me. I think it's just harder. And once I'm in that mode, I kind of want to stay in the mode and switching out of another mode feels like it takes emotional energy and time. Yeah, that's interesting. And when I work in, and when I suddenly flip unexpectedly into work mode, sometimes I get this feeling like, oh, stress, you mm -hmm. know, my body starts to think, hey, you need to really respond here. So I just, I don't know, I need to, I need to work on that. I need to be better at mode switching. But that's a great point. Really, it's several. One, that we're all different. We all relate differently to this topic. Um, secondly, that's a, that's an interesting I, this mode switching idea and capacity um, is an interesting thing just to be aware of. Uh, and how's that work for you? And like, if it was a crisis work kind of work situation, that wouldn't work for me. Like, then I would be consumed with it, you know. But there's mm -hmm. there's actually some relief in getting some easy, fun kind of projecty things. All that, and it wasn't a. I usually did it in the morning before most people were up, and it wasn't disruptive. So. Which leads us into our topic today, which is, what is your vacation saying about your job? And um, we're all vacationers and we're all workers here uh, in, our, in our panel. And I want to go through some options and just bat them around with each of you guys. Because we all almost always have a reaction when vacation is over and we come back to work. Like, oh, yeah, for we, sure. It, mm -hmm. Maybe it's even yes. on the drive or a flight home or it's the night, you know, you get in the morning, it's the day before, whatever. There's always this feeling. And I think well, so I'm gonna, here's the first option. Nothing. Your vacation isn't telling you anything about your job because you didn't stop working at all. <laughs> like you just, you just work somewhere else. And um, during the pandemic, we spent some time in Florida and uh, we worked the whole time. We worked just about every day. And that was kind of the plan. It was, we were there for like over a month. And, um, but it wasn't a vacation. It didn't feel like a vacation. It felt like we were working somewhere else, somewhere that was actually prettier than New York City. Not that hard to accomplish. Uh, although New York City at night is stunning in the lights, but it was just, it was a different setting. But it we really wasn't selling us anything. There was no, there wasn't enough break from work to come back and say, oh, this is, well, I, mean, I guess I learned I could do my job from just about anywhere or, a lot, or significant parts of it, but it really wasn't telling me that much. And I don't know. Have you guys had that experience where there's a vacation that you just feel like that didn't tell me anything about my job or my life? You know, I'm just kind of one big yeah. turn. Sarah, Sarah, you're nodding, nodding I, vigorously. I am nodding vigorously because I think those are those times when 
the vacation or the getaway. It just didn't tap into what I really needed. Hmm. And so um, I brought with me all my stress, all my worries, all my work, and maybe I worked the whole time. Maybe, maybe I didn't switch modes as quickly or as often as I needed to. Um, but the, the idea of vacation is that you are vacating, leaving something behind. Right. Um, and that's the, you know, and I didn't do that. I, I brought it all with me. And so when I get back from vacation and it tells me nothing about myself, like I, I can't tell if I'm more rested or I can't tell if I'm more stressed or maybe I can tell if I'm more stressed. Sometimes it means I really didn't, I didn't get away. I may have gotten away physically from workspace, but I didn't get away emotionally or mentally. Yeah, I think I've had the same experience, Sarah, as you. Um, during the pandemic, my family decided to go away for a week uh, to Florida. It was a lot of logistical things to get us all going. We brought our mother-in-law, uh, my mother-in-law, and and you know, if you just can imagine that, a long ride, <clears throat> having lots of logistical things to work through. And then I had work that I needed to do, and so I ended up working there. And I realized that we were really having two different weeks when my children were reflecting on it and they said that was one of the best vacations and i thought really that was not, <laughs> that was not it's terrible that's a <laughs> that was week. that was the worst interesting yeah i well I, we had one 2 years ago where i we had a crisis c compliance crisis you guys remember that and i just worked the whole time i i did i guess, I guess maybe nothing is too too extreme i walked away with the sense of i got to get things more in a place where i can actually have a vacation so i i did take that away from that experience, but let's go. Let's go the opposite sort of end of the spectrum. The next, the next one is you get to the end of vacation and you can't wait to get back to work. You can't wait to get back to work. How's I'm just I'm, I have some thoughts on that, but how's that idea land on you? Has that ever happened? I think that's most mostly my experience when I vacate well, and I think part of what it is is that I I if I completely leave work and I detach. Where does my mind go and what do I do? I connect with relationships. I, I read something. I learn something. I experience something. And I do it long enough that it really sinks in. And then I start to feel a little useless. I feel a little, there's like, after a, after a while, I just feel like I, I want to accomplish something. I want to do something meaningful. And I want to do something with the things I've learned. And I want to do something that builds on the relationships that we've talked, you know, established and about the thoughts that I've had in the last while. And so I start to I start to kind of want to get in there and do something with it. And where do, where am I going to do that? It's back home at work. That's where I get to implement the ideas that I have. So I think that's most of the time. What I would say is I really like my work and I really want to get back there. That's yeah, cool. I, I mean, it's saying a couple, it's saying, hold on, I'm sorry, Sarah. I just wanted to put a fine point on a couple of things there that Ken said. He's like, I think part of it is there's this almost the sense that you're filling yourself up. That's part of your, you know, your, your a good vacation MO for you. And then the other idea is that once you get full, you know, you want to come back and, the, and, and there's a good alignment or at least enough alignment between your work and who you are and how you re replenish yourself that, it's work as an outlet for you. It's a place of expression that's really positive. So that's yeah, definitely. I think, the, I think those are some markers that all of us can use to think about our work. Sarah, how about you? Yeah, that sense of fullness, Ken, that you're talking about of, of feeling like your vacation has restored you. You feel full. You're ready to go back. Um, that is for me the hallmark of a good vacation. The it's it's 
served its restorative properties or purposes um, in my life. And um, so I, I, I might not always be eager to go back to work, but that, that delight is the sense that I'm ready to re-engage. And just earlier today, I was talking with a client who had returned from vacation um, and his big response was that it was good to get away and get perspective. It helped him realize he did like his job. The stress that he's seen and experienced in this quarter is just for this quarter. Um, and so uh, for him, getting away, getting into a completely different kind of activity helped him realize, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to go back. I don't need to, to jump ship. I need to stay here and endure what has been a hard season because um, I do like my job. Um, and for me, my vacation helped to signal the, the realization yet again, that I love what I do and I love who I get to do it with and I love who I get to do it for. Um, so being able to um, get some fresh thoughts, uh, you know, when I'm unplugged from work, that's when my brain makes new connections. And um, I think about, uh, I get more creative because I have been able to step away from the immediate pressures. And so uh, I think that sense of your vacation telling you like you're ready to go back or you can't wait to go back is a is a very healthy thing. And that, that ends up being my goal for each of my uh, vacation times or getaway times. That's really good. You know, sometimes we don't, it's almost like this is the positive story that nobody says, you know, that that's just doesn't get talked about, but it's, it's possible um, to be in a place where, yeah, you go away, you rest, you have fun, you take a break, you do whatever you do to replenish, to recreate, to recreate yourself. And then, the net at the end of it is you're excited to go back. And I mean, I, and we, I was excited also to come back uh, from vacation. We, we went right into a training uh, that we were delivering that went super well. It was really fun and got some other projects cooking and uh, a really exciting fall coming up. So it was just, it was, it was good to get back and it was fun to get back. And it doesn't always feel that way every year, but, um, but it can feel that way. So that's good. So you can't wait to get back. Um, number three, you're not ready to go back. And this one, um, you know, it just feels like you weren't away long enough. You're still tired or you're still not, you know, there still feels like there was things I wanted to do on vacation I didn't get to do. I think sometimes for us that happened, there's a feeling like with adult children, just we just didn't get to spend enough time with them. Um, like we wish we'd had more uh, but it, it, it's a feeling like, I know it's over, but I don't want it to be over. Uh, what about that one? How do you guys relate to that? Yeah, I feel that way when I'm with my parents. Um, I you know, travel a long way to be with my parents, or they travel a long way to be with me because we don't live close by. And um, I just feel like I, at the end, I feel like, oh, but we didn't, t t didn't talk about this. We didn't talk about that. And, and um, I, I'm, I'm grasping to stay in the last uh, part of it. Um, and I, I think it, it tells me something about how um, I need to stay connected, uh, even though I'm working uh, elsewhere, and that I really value something about that connection to home and to past and to the next, mm. uh, the previous generation um, that I'm missing in my life. It just, it just tickles that itch that I need oh. to be connected to something that I'm not connecting to all the time when I'm working. That's good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I resonate with that sense of, um, of feeling connected, um, and, and getting those 
relational needs met um, and, and finding them uh, fulfilled in, in the people that you love and care about so deeply. Um, when I think about this, this idea that your vacation could be telling you, hey, I'm, I'm not ready to go back, I think of it in two different lenses. I think in, in one perspective, I think uh, it means that I didn't get what I need from my vacation, right? I didn't, I didn't get the rest I needed. I didn't get away. Um, I'm not ready to go back because I'm not, I'm not full yet. The, the cup is only half full or um, I, didn't get, I didn't get that full time to recover. Uh, and the, the, another way that I look at it is that I didn't accomplish all that I wanted. So sometimes a, a vacation includes some time at home and I have home projects that I want to get to. And if I didn't get to complete everything on my list or the, you know, the, the driven woman who wants to accomplish things didn't get to accomplish whether it was fun or home or projects, um, I, I, I didn't get enough done. And some of that is maybe because I was unplugging in, maybe I was, in, you know, trying to recover and restore in ways that weren't the most healthy or restorative, but I thought maybe they would be. Um, or my list was just too long uh, and I didn't estimate uh, the how to get that right balance between um, doing and being, resting and recovering. Um, so yeah, I think of, it, of those two lenses. That's interesting because I, 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 I resonate with what you're saying. I, I think that if I feel that I'm not ready to go back, it's either, uh, well, I assume I failed. Uh, so I'll talk about that with my, I'll talk about that with my therapist. No, I, I assume that I've, I failed to either do a good job of planning a vacation, the vacation part, or I haven't done enough work to keep work, work from encroaching on the vacation. Hmm. Like it's kind of one or the other. And, um, you know, like one time we went to Disney with the kids and like it was really fun the first couple of days. But by the end, I mean, we need like it's one of those we need a vacation from the vacation kind of experience. Like we were totally, totally wiped out and we just had planned everything to the nth degree. You know, we're going to squeeze every 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 cent out of that four day pass or whatever it was. Um mm. But it works out, you know. And then there's other times I feel like we'll think, oh, well, I've got a work thing, so we're gonna instead of leaving on Saturday, we'll leave on Monday, like, you know. And you just start, you just start trimming it and trimming it, and it's a planning thing. In fact, um, you know, Don Miller, he made it a business goal for himself as a business owner to say, I want to get to a point where I could take two full straight weeks off, you know, and then even longer. It's up to four now, I think, because it's. I don't know about you guys, but I found I have I haven't taken a two week, two week vacation in a long time. We've been fighting for ten days uh, at our big vacation, but I have found two week vacations can be really great because you have the stress of getting there, and then what we do and Sarah, it sounds like uh, we re relate to this. Like we do everything. Like we do everything you can do. It's like a frenzy of activity, and so that's the next couple of days, you know. And you're settling in and all that, kind of, and then you finally start to slow down. And by the time in a week, you, by the time you're really starting to slow down and get into a new groove, you're going back. And so it's like that second week. By the end of a two-week vacation, I'm really ready to go back. I'm, it's a, been very consistent because I'm just like Ken. You said earlier, I just feel like I've got it. I got to do something with everything. All this that's been coming in and filling me up and restoring, I got to do something with it. So, so yeah, not ready to go back is a sign of something. And you may not want to use the failure word. Uh, good for you, but it's it's like there could be some improvement in how you plan your vacation or how you uh, set yourself up at work to be able to go away. Um, and then how about this last option, which is the one everybody probably thought, 
we were going to talk this whole time about, but it's that you dread going back. You know, that you you start to feel that uh, Sunday night angst, stress, the heat on your neck, you know, the whole thing. You start to feel that uh, as the vacation's starting to wind down. And um, you probably start to get grumpy or however you, however you take that out on the people you love. Why we do that, I don't know, but that's <laughs> the way it works. And, you know, it just starts to happen. Like, you are dreading going back to work. Um, how about that, that experience, team? What do you, how do you relate to that? Oh, I totally had that experience. I, I, I relate to it. I've, I've had roles where that's been my experience. Uh, you enjoy getting away. You can't wait for the vacation to start because, by golly, I am getting out of here and away from these people, and I'm dumping the inbox, and I'm burning everything. Burn the ships! We're going to go and get away. Um, and then you realize that the time away from that or the time with the people you love or the time and the location you have saved up for and can't wait, can't believe you get to go to, that comes to an end. And you got to go back to that that yeah. that shipwreck <laughs> that you left earlier. You got to go back to the work and the relationships and the conflict and the the bad relationship with your supervisor and the terrible relationship with your direct reports and that really challenging character who keeps showing up. Um, you know, I, I had that experience in a job I was in 20 years ago um, and I, I very clearly remember thinking, I gotta get out of this because just thinking about it is increasing my heart rate, increasing my stress. Um, hmm. I, like I, I didn't want to make the appropriate plans to get back. Um, it, it happened also in a, in a role before that, back before we had, um, you know, cell phones that could do everything for us and you had to actually call up an airport transfer to get you a ride to the airport. Okay, so I had to, I had to fly from my sister's place back to my town and I had the flight scheduled, but I didn't want to call the airport transfer. <laughs> my sister was like, I'm not going to drive you several hours to the airport. You have to make that call. <laughs> so like that was a sign to me that I needed to look at other opportunities because I was not doing the basic things to be an adult. You're avoiding responsibility. I was totally avoiding. That's it. interesting. Yeah, I had that experience too um, years ago when I was getting back into re-entry and I just dreaded going back to this job and I thought to myself, why am I doing this job again? Like, why am I using all of my precious time and energy and tension and skills I, I just don't care enough mm. about this job and, and about my role in it to mm. muster up all of the energy and focus. I feel like I'm, it's not worth it. Something here is just, a, it's just like a warning sign, like something's not worth it. Something's not working here. If I don't really like going back and I'm starting to dread that I have to sort of fake it, like pretend to like this job. I don't, I don't, ugh. Well, I think we agree on something here, guys, and that's that. If you dread going back, it is a sign that something's off. And we're not being very prescriptive about what's off. We're not saying you should quit your job. We're just saying that, you know, if, if you really feel that way, something, something is is amiss. And I, you know, I had some ideas about about that because I felt that way too. Um, you know, some of it could be, um, you know, the why behind your work is off, and you've through your vacation, you've gotten in touch with some more relational things, some more spiritual things, some more soulish things, and you're like, 
you're just trying to be some kind of machine at work. And, you know, there actually think there are seasons when we just actually have to do that. And maybe God even calls us to do that with grace and patience. But overall, you know, like he's made us to be human, human beings in the way we approach our work. So I think that's the why behind our work could be an issue. Um, there could also be a, a challenge with just the way we've been organizing ourselves for our work, self-leadership. And we're just tolerating too much chaos. There could be some sort of self-organizational laziness that makes our lot, right? We're making we're our own worst enemies. You know, we get in our own way kind of thing with our, our lack of prioritization or lack of follow through or some other things. And then the thing that I think, you know, Sarah, you said uh, specifically is it may be time to move on um, or so at least begin to process of exploring something different. Um, you know, especially if it's this is a repeat at the same job, uh, the same situation. So, um, dread going back is a sign. And I, any more comments on on the four? I just feel like this is this is the one that probably um, deserves the most attention. It's the, it's it's the one that should be flash. If this is really happening, like this is something major, probably for you to think about. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's time for a new job. It could be no. relational. It could be it could be role fit. Um, but if we're not willing to look under the hood and figure out what is what is the root of that dread, um, we're never going to understand how it shows up in other areas of our lives. And I, I know in, in that season, for me, I wasn't taking good care of myself and I wasn't honoring the people around me because my dread was overwhelming me and, 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 and causing me to just freeze um, in life. Right. Uh, so I, I needed to take a look at that um, so that I could, I could be healthy um, professionally and personally and relationally. That's really good. I, I, I want to suggest four steps people can take uh, when they come back, especially if they dread going back. First, I think, I'm just going to say them all and just make a quick comment, and you guys can comment on this process. But the first is to give themselves re-entry time. Second, don't ignore lingering discontent. Third, uh, get to the root issue, which, Sarah, you really just intimated, like, what's really causing this? And then I think the fourth is to find some low-cost ways to look, 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 find, uh, find, find low-cost ways to explore other options. And I'll just say a few words about each. So re-entry time, you're gonna go through a process. You know, we're grown-ups now, we know this, that when you come back from vacation, it's gonna be an adjustment. Um, there's a famous psychologist who used to live in New York, and he said, whenever you go away from New York and you come back, you're confronted by the shocking ugliness of the city. That's what he said, that's his line. And it's true, like there's a, there is something like, living in this city anyway, I don't know what it's like where you live, but living in this city, it's like, it is a little bit of a shock, like after being in the country or being on a tropical beach or, you know, like just coming back into the, the grind of it all and the trash of it all and the industrialness of it all, it's, it's intense. And it, but when we used to go back to Pennsylvania and our house in the country, then it was like, it usually seemed more boring than where we had been on vacation. So there was another kind of re-entry. So anyway, give yourself time for re-entry. Don't expect yourself to be rah-rah right out of the gate. The second idea was don't ignore lingering discontent. So after a period of time, if you're still feeling that kind of, you're still dragging, then that there's something real there to probe into, and you should. And the third idea is to get to the root of the issue. So what is this? And what's going on? And Sarah, I thought your comment about people issues is really significant 
Because sometimes we don't like our job because we're having conflict with people there. It has nothing to do with anything else. It's not about the mm -hmm. industry, the work, the position, the things we actually need to produce. We just need to figure out how to make peace with people, and yeah. uh, if it's possible. And it's not always possible, but if it is, because it's it's a people-y thing. It's actually not, has nothing to do with our career. It's relational. And then, to but get to the root issue, it could be a job fit issue. We certainly see that. You know, people who are really missed when we get under the hood and look at who they are and how they're wired. They've been trying to do a job they're not wired to do. And it's very, it's, it's part of the learning. And then that's the fourth idea is to find low cost ways uh, to explore other options. You know, talk to people about what you're feeling that are safe. Um, do some learning about yourself and your, your skill, your kind of hardwired skills and how you can, um, how they play out in a job. Uh, talk to some other people about some other things you might be interested in. It, they don't really, these things don't cost you very much at all. Um, even investing in coaching doesn't cost that much compared to just quitting. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of job opportunity right now on September 1st, 2022 in the market. So people are finding it relatively easy to find new jobs. And then they're finding they hate their new job. Huh. And so it's like eventually the cost of having all these 90-day stints on your resume is going to pile up and it's going to get hard to find a new job. So, um, so low cost, a conversation doesn't cost you anything. Strategic conversations uh, where you gather real data, uh, you know, you're, you're, gonna, you're learning, you're learning, and then you can adjust your strategy. So anyway, guys, what do you think of that? Just this kind of you know, time to re-enter, don't ignore the discontent, get to the root, and then find some low cost ways to explore other options if you need to make a change. Yeah, I, I want to say something about re-entry time. I used to schedule my vacation right up until the day before I was going back to work. And what I realized is that's really not the best thing for me. We already talked about mode switching. Coming The switch from full vacation to full work is a pretty big transition. And uh, I realized I needed to come back maybe a day or two before I go back to work from a long vacation just so I can you know, re-enter, breathe, transition into it. I, I might be entering a place of conflict or difficulty. Let's face it, work is hard. That's that's just part of it. Even a good it's job a is hard. It's a four-letter word, right? It's a four-letter <laughs> word for a reason. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think four letter, that... Four-letter words get a bad rap, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's tons of four-letter words. Never, never well, mind. rap is a four-letter word if you spell it. Yeah, so. it is. That, that's good. That's good. That's yeah. right. Or it's three um, letters. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I, I, so I just wanted to underscore that. And I think that it allows time and processing. It also allows for a little perspective. How, what do I want to bring to my work now? That, what is different now? How am I going to do that? Play that out. Have a conversation or two. You know, journal a little bit. Um, find a way to re-enter and leverage the vacation. Don't just leave it. It's good. It's really good. Yeah. Ken, you just hit on a, on a practice that I have found really helpful for myself. And that's that that I, I do come back from a vacation with at least one day at home before starting. I don't get back on a Sunday night and expect to be back at work Monday. So my two habits are I get back and I give myself at least a day because we got to turn around laundry. We got to get to the grocery store. We got to get meal planning and get set up for the next week. And if we don't do that as a family, then we are messed up that first week back and everybody's grumpy. And so we have mm. learned we got to get back and we have to get our lives together and get ready to live life in our house. Um, the other thing that I've learned 
is that when I've been gone for um, out of the office for an extended period of time, I block off the first two hours um, of my morning, the first morning back if I can. I don't take client calls and that's just my catch up. I've got to have that in there. And I usually get started the night before just so that my head is in the right space and I ease in and that, that doesn't violate my vacation policy. But when I get into my inbox the night before and just start sorting it, start thinking through how I'm going to attack it, then it helps me that first morning back get some clarity. So um, that re-entry time, I think there's a lot of good lessons to learn from that. If you if you, you crowdsource options from your your friends, your colleagues, your mentors, those, those you respect to find out how do they re-enter from vacation. Yeah, that's good. We didn't do that well this year. Um, there was... Somebody wanted to have dinner with us that we got back like on a Sunday morning, but then somebody would have dinner with us. And um, and so it was like, you know, we get back from vacation at five and we're out to dinner at 6.30. And then I think I was on a flight somewhere the next Monday. You know, like it was, so we, it's not as complex for us because our kids aren't at home. It's actually, it, mm. it's not good, but it's also not as, it, there's not as many dominoes that kind of fall like you don't have a whole group we don't have a whole grumpy household it's just kind of like <laughs> you know I was I was dragging on Monday yeah and um, it was hard and we kind of know that it's funny how I think this is something about all of us right you know certain things that it's gonna be better for you if like it would just have been better if we said no we're on vacation we can't do this dinner and um, can't do everything which is a whole nother topic but it, it just would have been better and we know this and we broke the rule and we paid for it a little bit so it happens right it's so you know and sometimes you make that decision even though you know you're going to pay for it later and it's and it's valuable but you know i go back to um your step number two is you say don't ignore the lingering discontent and that's where if there's that sense of dread that continues to infiltrate over and over for the next couple of days, next couple of weeks, and there's this this layer of discontent or restlessness. I think that's important to take a look at, um, and that's uh, don't ignore it, don't stuff it. Right, our emotions we need to walk through them. They don't help us if we shove them down, um, and and that they're not there to bother us, but they end up being um, a flag to let us know when something's happening. And so, paying attention to those to the dashboard. Uh, it becomes significant. Well, that fits in with our poll. Yeah, know, kind of your, yeah, that. yeah. I was just going to say that we we launched a poll to see what others want to hear more about, and uh, the the clear winner is that uh, the guests would like to hear more about step three, getting to the root issue. Let's talk more about what do we mean by that? What's the value of it? What happens if we don't get to it? Um, let's let's talk about that root issue. Yeah, so these two kind of go together. You have to listen to the you have to you have to acknowledge the lingering discontent that it's not just you didn't just have a bad day or or whatever. Like the ways we dismiss some of that, you know, or we said work is a four letter word and it's hard. And so um, everybody hates their job, you know, that kind of thing. So we just kind of talk ourselves out of how we feel. Um, there's actually an interesting verse. It's in somewhere in Deuteronomy. Like the idea is that. Um, a mother eagle stirs the nest and pushes the chicks out. And one of my coaches suggested to me that when we're discontent, that that can be God kind of trying to stir us up. But the second step then is to say, well, what's underneath all that? Like, what's causing all that? And um, what I mean, when you think about 
We've already mentioned a couple ideas. Maybe what we can do as we first jump into this question, guys, is just think through, well, what are some causes, could be some root causes of like that lingering discontent? We talked about conflict already. Mm -hmm. um, what are some others? Another one is that that your values are are being broken in the decisions you're making at this job, that this job is really creating some moral values based conflict in your life. And it's it's you've tried to shove it down, but now that you've been on vacation and away from it and free from that, you reenter and go, ooh, I don't know if I really should be doing this job in good Slaps faith. you in the face. Yeah. yeah. And now now you're able to see it more because it was like a low level fever before you could kind of get by. But now that the contrast between vacation and the job is here, something about like this is not the job for you. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. That's, I like that. So that's another. So there's a compromise that could mm -hmm. be a root cause. Um, what else? What are some other ones? I think there's also um, a challenge with your, your job fit and your season of life and your responsibilities, uh, responsibilities at work and your responsibilities outside of work. And are those lining up? Are you able to give priority and emphasis to the things that, that you really need to give emphasis to? Yeah, job fit is dynamic. It's not static. And this is, mm -hmm. this is why finding your dream job is highly overrated because when you find it, it assumes like the whole world is going to freeze for the next 20 years and you're just going to run out the clock. And it doesn't work that way. You don't work that way. And no workplace works that way. Workplaces yeah. evolve. You know, people come and go. And we talk about it like it's all because of the pandemic. It's not. It's always been that way. No job has ever been permanent. You know, no paid job. They're always that evolution, and you're evolving. Some of it's seasons of life, um, you know, Sarah, like you were talking about, and but some of it's also you just you learn more about yourself. You grow certain skills. You, you know, we talked about wanting to express certain things when you come back for vacation. Sometimes there's no way I had to do that at the, at the job you're in now, and you have even more value to bring, uh, more ways to serve. And it's not going to fit into the container of that job. Like you've outgrown, like the job could outgrow you or you could outgrow the job. What, you know, so there's, this, yeah. there's a dynamic piece here. Yeah. And that's the dynamic piece that I just uh, talked to a, a client actually this week about. He was saying five years ago, I got my dream job. I thought I would never quit. I thought I would never, I thought I'd be here for life. And five yeah. years later, he, he realized, wait a minute, um, there's things have changed. And a part of me is not being utilized in this job. I think I need a different role. And the reasons I moved to this city, um, you know, I, things have changed there too. I, it's more important to me to be closer to my other family members. There's more opportunities for growth in a different area. And he was just coming to the realization that he just didn't feel like in good faith he could re-enter into the old job with the same amount of vim and vigor that he's had in the past. And... Once he realized that, the tension went out and it was no longer uh, lingering discontent. It turned into a, let's have a plan for action. And that's what yeah. he really wanted. It, it shifts into vision. That's exciting. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, I, I've, I've got a client who's experiencing um, a, a related issue. And for her, she has made a number of sacrifices to make sure that her family life is... Um, is what they need. It's healthy, um, robust, 
connected to extended family, uh, but where they had to move is just uh, does not meet any of her needs. And so she feels like she is dying um, in a in a figurative way. <laughs> um, none of none of the, the the location, the geography, the town isn't offering her what she wants. She wants city life, but um, city life isn't going to give her what she wants for her family. Um, so there, so for her, this um, the the root of the issue is we talked it through. She thought it was her job that she was feeling miserable and unsatisfied at work because of her job. And, and there are some things that are challenging for her, but really for her, the root of the discontent as we dug down into it is the fact that um, her relational um, needs aren't being met in her town. Um, and so we had to talk about physical aspect of life, the relational aspect of work, professional, spiritual, mental. Like we went through this checklist of different aspects to figure out where is the real challenge. And that took time. You know, we had an hour long conversation. It took time to sort of sort through all that. Um, and then to give space for her, for the grief of, of sitting in the, in the sorrow that, um, that there are certain sacrifices that she's making for the season. I think that's really good. I, I think we've we've hit on a few uh, potential root causes. I think, you know, job so job fit is certainly one of them, um, which can be about the culture of the job, and they their dynamic. But I, I think another one we need to talk about is is the way we kind of make idols sometimes out of our our work and our careers. It's like it's such a razor edge thing because, mm. like Ken, you were saying earlier, like you love your work and it's it's like an express. You get to express who you are, and I think. We all feel that way uh, a lot about the things that we kind of do, but we can also put so much, so much of an expectation. We can load so much onto what we hope to get out of our work because I think our work can, we it can give us. Secu- this is what it, it promises to give us, and I would say these are false promises. But this is what this is why we that's why it's so important to me and to many of us. It gives us security. It gives us identity, and. Um, so security is about my future and financially and that kind of thing. It gives me identity, which is social. You know, it's how people look at me. It's how I describe myself, that kind of thing. And um, and often work gives us a sense of power, you know, that we are able to make things happen. And the weird thing is I think, like I think God gave us agency and made us to be creative and active and working. And he made us, it. but with the other two, identity and security, I think that's where we get off. I think we get off track because he wants us, he wants to be our security and he doesn't want our identity to be in what we achieve. He wants our identity to be something that we receive in our relationship with him and it's a shift and it's really hard. But I think um, one of the root issues of why your work could be wringing the life out of you is because you're trying to get your life out of it. And Mm. it's kind of this misplaced, I I don't know, faith really misplaced faith and when you get unplugged from that a little bit maybe on vacation and start you start to get that unwound and then you coming back into it it's it there's a shock almost i don't know what do you guys think about that yeah i think i think so and if you turn that around what you what you get is when you're going back to work and you're dreading it why are you dreading it because you think that it's all up to you that everything about your identity and security is riding on your performance yeah. And that you've been away from it too long and now it's starting to suffer and you got to get back there and boost it up again. And how different is it when you re-enter work with the sense that your identity comes from something you've received from God and that he's got your security for eternity locked and loaded. 
you can enter work and say, let's see what shows up today. You know, how, how yeah. can I help? You know, I'm not in charge of the results, you know? And the, and the work was fine without me while I was on vacation, by the way. There's still, the world's still turning. Still uh, working. Yeah. So uh, what a different perspective uh, to come back with work, to work with that centeredness that you're talking about, where you mm. have a godly wisdom built into your approach to work um, that's a counteracting um, to that dread. Yeah, there's that verse in the Psalms that says that, you know, idols can't hear and idols can't see and idols can't feel or something like that. And it says those who worship them will become like them. Yeah. And it's kind of like when we when we get that when we get that God piece wrong, it just throws everything else out of alignment. And that may be part of what's that may be part of what the data is saying as you come back from mm -hmm. that may be part of what your vacation is saying about your job. We're going to leave it here. I think we've covered a lot of ground. I think we hopefully we've given you, uh, our listeners, some things to th really think about uh, as you come back from vacation. You know, a lot of people reach out to us and say, hey, I came back from vacation. I'm not sure I'm in the right job. And it's, it's a beginning of a great working relationship between them and one of our coaches. And it's, it's been a, a real honor to help them get to those root causes and then build a strategy uh, that honors who God is and who God, how God has made them and that takes them to a better way of working. So thanks for joining us on uh, this webinar and this podcast, and uh, we'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for listening. As we close this episode, I'm going to use the H word, help. First, help us help you. Do you want to grow in your effectiveness as a worker and leader? Are you wondering if you are in the right job or career? Maybe you lead a team and wonder how to make that team better. Go to vocacenter.org consult for an easy scheduling link and book your appointment with one of our great coaches today. We're ready to help you. Second, help us help others. This podcast is brought to you by generous donors who change lives by changing work through their investment at Voca. If you like this content and want to partner with us to reach more workers, donate to VOCA. Go to vocacenter.org slash give and begin your partnership today. We'll see you next time on the VOCA podcast where we help you build resilient faith at work.